Welcome to Passion Church. For more information about Passion Church, please visit us online at www.passionchurch.tv. Now let's join the service already in progress. We want you to make sure you put that on your calendar. October the 22nd is Hope Sunday here at Passion Church. And guys, it's going to be a fantastic day. You do not want to miss it, what God is going to do in the house. Amen? Amen. Are you glad to be here today? Amen. What a wonderful time of praise and worship. Amen. Do you feel the presence of God in the house? Let me say this to you. You're not here by accident today. God has you here for a reason. So for the next hour or two hours or seven, let's just see how God goes. Whatever it may be, will you do me a favor? Forget about yesterday. It's past. Don't worry about tomorrow. It hasn't gotten here yet. Just spend the next hour saying, God, I'm listening. Speak to me. Let me hear your voice. God, move in my life. And I promise you, if you will, God will do something amazing. Because he said, where two or three are gathered in my name, there I am in the midst of them. Did you know God's in the house today? He's here. He's here. And he's expecting you just to open your hearts and your minds and your lives and let God speak. And if you do, I promise you, you're not going to leave the same way that you came. Amen. You're not going to leave the same way that you came. God wants to do something amazing in your life. I want to do something before I get into the sermon today. Right now, Israel's at war. They were attacked this week by the Palestinians. I'm here to tell you, the Bible tells us those who bless Israel will be blessed. And right now, Israel needs our prayers to lift up today the chosen people of God, to lift them up in our prayers for protection, uh, for guidance for the government, for those that have already lost loved ones that have died in this senseless, senseless tragedy. We need to pray for their families, for those that are wounded. We need to pray for their healing. Churches around the country today are praying and interceding for Israel. And I want us to do the same thing. So if you don't mind, will you join with me right now as we lift up Israel, God's chosen people, as we pray for them today, for protection, for guidance. And can I say something? Greater than the battle that has taken place in Israel today, in the natural realm, is a spiritual battle that we can wage right now in America as the body of Christ joins together. Because I'm here to tell you, the greatest enemy is not the Palestinians. The greatest enemy is the devil that is using human beings to come against the children of God. So if we will intercede today and we will battle, maybe we can stop the battle that is taking place there. So will you pray with me today? Lord, we pray today for Israel for your chosen people. 
God, we pray today for protection. The Lord, right now, over all of that country, over all of those people, we pray a hedge of protection, a firewall of the Holy Spirit, that Lord, as churches around this nation pray today, we are believing, Lord, right now that you are going to protect those people. The Lord, you would get the enemies out. The Lord, you would deliver, deliver the children of Israel today. You've done it time and time and time again. And Lord, you can do it today also. So Lord, we stand in agreement in prayer. Lord, for all those that have already lost loved ones, we pray during their time of mourning and grief that you would give them peace and rest. For all the wounded, we pray for healing. For by your stripes, we are healed. And we thank you today for that healing touch. And the Lord, out of this senseless tragedy, I pray that hope arise. That out of this battle, I pray today, Lord, that your gospel would go boldly throughout the world. That God would be seen even in this, I pray. Should take care of your children today. Bless them, I pray, in Jesus' name. Amen. And amen. We continue our sermon series on running yellow lights. If you run a yellow light in here, raise your hand. If you didn't just raise your hand in this church, you're lying and you're going to hell. I did some studying this week on yellow lights. And I found out that a yellow light lasts three to six seconds. Three to six seconds that it takes a human being a one second to one and a half second to react to that yellow light. And there's what they refer to, and I want you to remember this, as the dilemma zone. The dilemma zone. The dilemma zone is that place that you've got to make a decision. Will I heed the yellow light? Will I heed the warning? Or will I do what probably most of you do? Shouldn't do, but probably do do. <laughs> See, there's moments as a pastor where you're trying to be deep and you just throw one word in there and it loses its power. That dilemma zone is either where you hit the brakes and stop or you mash the gas and keep going. Now, most of us do it. Most of the time, we're okay. We're all right. Nothing happens. We get through the light, and we do what we normally do, turn to look at the intersection and see if we see any cops. Amen? Sometimes it doesn't always work out. But what I want to talk about today is heeding the warning signs because eventually an accident is going to happen. The decision you make in the dilemma, the dilemma zone will either enter in good or bad. The decision you make, blessings or curses. So I want to talk to you today about four warning signs. But first I want you to turn with me to, i got two different passages I want to read today. Look at 1 Corinthians 
I have the right to do anything, you say. But not everything is beneficial. I have the right to do anything. But I will not be mastered by anything. Can I tell you, just because it may be permissible, doesn't mean it's beneficial. And let me say this real quick. When I say that, I'm not just referring to sin. Praise and worship is great. I love praise and worship. Did they do a great job today? Amen. Kenny, you're welcome. I taught Kenny some things before he got up here. You're, you're welcome. Y'all welcome. With you. Praise and worship is wonderful, but let me say this. If I were to get up on this stage and do praise and worship, it would not be wonderful. Not that I'm sinning, just not my call. Not that it's not permissible. I'm the pastor. I'll get him to do praise and worship if I want to. But y'all probably won't stay in this church long. We have to understand in life that just because it's permissible doesn't mean it's beneficial. Now I want you to look at another passage with me. Judges chapter 14, verse 1. Samson went down to Timnah and saw there a young Philistine woman. Oh no, we're in trouble. When he returned, he said to his father and mother, I have seen a Philistine woman in Timnah. Now get her for me as my wife. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for the word that we're about to receive. Lord, I pray that every heart and every mind to be open to receive, God, what you've got in store. And Lord, let not one, not one leave this house the same way that they came. But be blessed by your word and your presence. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Amen. In 2018, 10,000 accidents happened because of people running yellow lights. 10,000. It's one of the leading causes of accidents, or at least over half the accidents in America happen because of people running red lights or yellow lights. Remember I told about that dilemma zone, that, that place of decision. Do I heed the warning or do I keep going? Do I make the right decision or the wrong decision? Do I slow down or speed up? Or do I realize that something is trying to prepare me for something that may be coming? And if I would just heed the warnings from God, then I could stop a lot of destruction and chaos and problems in my life. As we read this story of Samson, we all know the story of Samson, quite a strong fella. God had blessed him with a, an anointing, a gift of strength. A lot of it was due to his hair. We know he's a Nazarite, had been committed to God from birth. And we find in this story that he comes to his mother and his father and he says, Mom, Dad, I found a wife. And they're probably like, well, praise God, we're starting to worry about you, son. We didn't know if you'd ever find one. If you always, you can stay here and keep living with us. Mom and dad, I found, she's the one. She's beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. Oh, but one little thing. She's from the Philistine people. 
As you read the past, you'll find out in a few moments, well, mom and dad were not too happy. They didn't do very well with the Philistines. They didn't like the Philistines. In fact, can I just be honest? They hated the Philistines. The Nazarites, they were committed to God. They had a, a covenant with God. There were certain things that they just, they loved God and the Philistines didn't. They wanted nothing to do with him. And now they've got their son, Samson, who they feel is anointed. He, oh, they just love him. He's just the greatest thing in the world. But he comes and says, I found a woman. And I, in a few moments, he said, wait a minute, you can't marry that, 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 that girl from the uncircumcised people. But Samson being a little bullheaded, you know, some of us have kids like that. They're stubborn. I've got one like that. I won't say which one, but I got one like that. And they're stubborn. And he says, no, I want this woman to be my wife. Within these few verses, you begin to find four warnings. And let me say this. I'm talking about before you sin. I'm talking about before you give in. I'm talking about before you cross the line. There's four things that will normally happen in your life, warning signs, yellow flashing lights, that if you will see them, recognize them, they can stop a lot of chaos and problems and issues in your life. Number one, write this down. Having thoughts of crossing the lines. Having thoughts of crossing the lines. Remember what he said? He said, right, Samson went down to Timnah and saw there a young Philistine woman. In other words, he began to think about her. Have thoughts of her. I'm assuming she was gorgeous. Delilah was, she was a gorgeous woman. And, and because of that, he wanted her. See, it first begins with the mind. The Bible tells us that we're to take all of our thoughts captive to the obedience of Christ Jesus. It all starts here, right here. In other words, Andrew, come here real quick. Stand right here for me. I'm going to use Andrew. He's the shortest one in here. Just turn around right there. Right there. You, don't, you don't deserve to be on stage. Stay right there. Now, there, there's different thoughts that come in our mind. We have somewhat we call from our subconscious. It's just life. It's just life. Thoughts come. They get there because of experiences, and, and they come into our mind. They come through our ears and our eyes, and, and they just get into our minds, and, and thoughts will pop in our mind. Amen? Listen, when a thought pops in your mind, it is not a sin yet. Right? Stay right there. Don't move. My wife, one day, we're at Walmart. She's going inside. I do what I do when I shop. I stay outside. I said, honey, you go inside. I'm going to stay out here and pray for God to give you great deals and bless you. And I sat out in the car. As she's walking into Walmart, I'm watching her walk in because she's beautiful. She's walking into Walmart, and there's another guy who saw the same thing. He comes out of Walmart, and when he comes out of Walmart, this is what this guy does. And I rolled down the woman and said, she's pretty, ain't she? I didn't do that. He was bigger than me. But I thought it. Now, he obviously, when he walked out the door, he had a thought. It entered his mind. Now, it wasn't that was wrong. My wife is pretty. But then he proceeded to turn around and stare her up and down. He crossed the line. Okay, stay right there. See, in other words, because of us being human, there's thoughts there. But there's also other kind of thoughts that come in our mind. 
They're called flaming arrows. And those are thoughts from the enemy. He's like, boing, boing. Does that sound like a, that, that when I shoot arrows, that's how it sounds. Boing. And there's arrows that are shot at our mind. And in other words, the enemy would try to get us to think about things that he knows or our problems and our issues. And he shoots them all in our mind and all the time. Boing, boing, boing. And they're always coming. You sit down. Thank you. Now, as those thoughts are coming, whether subconscious, whether flaming arrows, or whether planted by somebody else, it doesn't matter. The thoughts are there. It's not the thought that enters it is the sin. It's the contemplating. In other words, Kenny makes me mad. He upsets me. Now, being, me, being mad is not a problem. In fact, the Bible says be angry so I can be angry and sin not. Now, the sin is when I start thinking, I'm going to slap Kenny upside the head. I'll punch him in the mouth. I can't believe he did that. What was he thinking? And my thoughts now begin to run away with me, and those thoughts begin to do what? Cross the line. In other words, initially, the thoughts were not the problem. It's part of the thoughts and the revenge, the anger. It's, it's, if I see a pretty woman and, and it may pop in my mind, I say, she's pretty. That is not yet the sin. It's then when it turns into something, and I ponder the thoughts that it now becomes the, the sin. See, the first flashing light is your thoughts. Every bad deed begins with your thoughts. Every bad deed begins in your mind. That if we would learn it is the battlefield, you remember the book Battlefield of the Mind, it is the greatest battlefield you will ever have to fight in your life is when the thoughts come, you've got to what? I've got to take those thoughts and I've got to round them up into my, into my mind and say, is it God or is it not God? That every thought that comes, I take the word of God and I place it beside the word of God and I say, is this godly or is this ungodly? Does this belong or does this need to go? Is this something that God wants to bless me with or the devil wants to curse me with? I have to make those decisions because the thoughts will come. And let me, I don't think it gets any better. Maybe it does. Maybe as we get older, I'm 53 years old and, and I still struggle with thoughts. I do. But when they come, I've got to learn as a believer in Christ Jesus that, wait a minute, there's a flashing light, a yellow light that is warning me that if I allow these thoughts to continue where it may take me. Number two, hard to hear sound advice. Hard to hear the sound advice. That's what he says. His father and mother replied, isn't there an acceptable woman among your relatives? Isn't there? We've all, listen, all of us, if, you're, if you've got grown kids, raise your hand. Your, your, your grown kids dated somebody you didn't like. Austin, when he was younger, dated a girl that I think I talked to her one time. And the whole time he talked to her, she was just weird. It was Natalie, but he married her. What do I got to do now? I'm stuck. And I remember me and Laura never said it out loud, but we're saying, God, please, God, don't let him marry this girl. That was Natalie. God is, we've grown to love her. See, there's a second warning sign. All of us, let me say this, three things that all of you need in your life. You need a spiritual mother or father. You need a mentor or a coach. And you need an intercessor. 
Pastor Bob Schaefer's my spiritual dad. He has full permission to tell me just like it is. He can correct me anytime he wants to correct me, put me down, whatever it is. That is his job to do as my spiritual dad. I've got a mentor in my life, a coach, that where he is is where I want to go. And listen, that's, so I found somebody who is, had arrived that I'm going to hook my, my car to him so I can learn from him. Then I got an intercessor. Someone that I know I can call and say, hey, I need you to pray for me, and I know they'll pray for me. Not that person, it's probably you, that a friend calls you, hey, will you pray for me today? Yeah, sure. And you know as soon as you get off the phone, you ain't ever going to pray for them. And you'll feel bad if they die, aren't you? I'm sorry. But let me say this. All of us should have someone, the Bible says, seek the counsel of the wise. Can I tell you when you're in trouble, when there's warning lights, will you stop asking for advice from others? When someone's trying to warn you, don't go down this road and you don't listen. When someone's trying to tell you this is not the best path, but you cut them off. When it really gets bad is when you don't ask anymore. One of the greatest individuals that I could call was my dad. I miss my dad tremendously. Because I would be having a problem with a church member or something going on on the staff. And I could call my dad and I would vent and be like. Rah, 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 rah. And I would just spew out hatred. It wasn't hatred. It was just dislike. And I would just spew. And my dad would just be calmly saying, now, John, you need to see it from their point of view. I don't want to, Dad. But, John, you need to understand where they're coming from. I don't want to. Dad, they're wrong. I'm right. That's just the way it is. You're supposed to back me up. But my dad would sit in the conversation. And by the end of the conversation, not only could he calm me down, he could show me the error of my ways and me realize that I was wrong and I needed to listen to the advice that he'd given me. And he would always make it better. Listen, if you are surrounding yourself with people that always agree with you, that's a problem. You surround yourself with individuals that will challenge you, that will question you, that will even correct you. See, you know when you're in trouble, his mom and dad said, Samson, don't do this. Don't. It's not the right road. Don't marry the Philistine woman. It's going to cause you problems. And remember, we all know the end of the story. She caused a lot of problems. She brought destruction. That we've got to be willing to have individuals in our life that we can go talk to and listen to and they correct us. Don't go find the person that will always agree. You know the one, Sally, Sam, that you'll call. And when you call them, what happens? Oh, Sam, let me tell you what so-and-so did. Oh, they're sorry. You're right, John. You're exactly right. Cut them out of your life. Have nothing to do with them. Pray them to hell, John. We've all got those individuals in our life that will agree with everything you say. The problem is they are not your friend. They're your foe. Because a true friend will tell you this shouldn't be in your life. It doesn't belong. And the warning signs in your life is when you stop listening, when you stop asking, and when you stop receiving those are the warning signs that sin is on its way. Here's number three, write it down. Hanging out in places of temptation. Hanging out in places of temptation. I didn't say you sinned yet. Maybe you're an alcoholic or you were. 
You've been set free. God's delivered you of it. You went through either Celebrate Recovery, you went to Hope Center, you've gone through AA for years, and you haven't drunk in years, but yet you decide one day it's a smart idea to go hang out in a bar. You're stupid. You don't belong there. Well, I'm strong. I can make it. I'm not going to give in. Yes, you are. It makes no sense. That you begin to, maybe it's not that, maybe it's at work. It's the water cooler. And every time the water cooler, there's, oh, there's Sally. We're going to use Sally today. And it's how funny it is that every time Sally goes to the water cooler, you make your, your way to the water cooler. Now, nothing has happened. Nothing really bad has happened. But yet, there maybe there's feelings, and you know that you're married, and you shouldn't be having these conversations. But yet you keep finding yourself in temptation, and you don't take yourself out. You haven't crossed the line yet. You haven't done something you shouldn't do yet, but you know you're right there. You know you're right there. Someone told me last week, my wife they told me, slide in your DM. I didn't know what that meant. She said, John, nobody hangs out at the water cooler no more. She said, they slide into your DM, and I guess that's where you, take, you send a Facebook message privately to somebody, like an old girlfriend or an old boyfriend. You're just saying hello. No, you're not. And you're just sending a private message and, and then all of a sudden every once in a while they'll pop and, and they'll privately text you or privately message you and you privately message them back. You know what I'm talking about? Do not, somebody said, yeah, great. Also, that was your wife. I told you you should have married her. See, that's what you call a place of Temptation. A place that you shouldn't be. In other words, let me tell you why I'm using this right here. Listen. Samson went down to Timnah together with his father and mother as they approached the vineyard. Samson should have been nowhere near a vineyard. He was a Nazarite. He didn't belong there. Not only could he not drink wine, he couldn't drink grape juice, and he wasn't supposed to eat grapes. But where is he at? He finds himself in the middle, right smack dab at a vineyard. Why are you there, Samson? What are you doing? See, many times if we would just stop for a second and realize where we are and go, oh my gracious, this is a warning sign. I shouldn't be here. This isn't good. I haven't crossed the line yet. I haven't sinned yet. But if I stay here, it's going to happen. Maybe it's anger. Maybe it's anger. Your sin is anger. You just can't help yourself. Then flee for the love of God. That when someone, someone gets, you got a guy at work or a gal at work, they just get on your everlasting nerve. You know they're going to make you mad. You know they're going to upset you. When, when they start popping off at the mouth, just run. Just, just, when they start, just look at them and just go, mm, and just start running. I promise you, they'll leave you alone. Because they think you cray-cray. <laughs> They'll think you're out of your mind. 
Listen, I'm just learning. It's, it's, and and like, can I tell you, the devil will always find ways. I used to have a terrible temper. I used to fight all the time. And it never seems to fail that God will bring those people that annoy the heck out of me in my life. Let me say, I'm sorry. Did I say God? I mean the devil. And I've just had to learn, don't, 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 don't take yourself out of the situation. But when you start allowing yourselves to be in place of temptation, he shouldn't have been there. He knew he shouldn't have been there. It wasn't a place that he belonged. It's not that he crossed the line. It's not that he'd done anything wrong yet. It's not that he had sinned, but he's allowed himself to be in a place of temptation. Some of you right now are in a place of temptation. You haven't sinned. You haven't crossed the line. But if you stay where you are, you will. If you stay where you are, you will. And let me say this. God loves you. He's not the God of the don'ts. He's the God of the do's. He wants to bless you and give you joy and give you peace and bring things in your life you never thought possible. The problem is, is you keep looking to the don'ts instead of to the do's, and it is taking you out of God's will. Here's the last one. Holding back all the truth. Here's the last warning sign. You need to hear this. Holding back all the truth. Listen to what happens. The Spirit of the Lord came powerfully upon him so that he tore the line apart with his bare hands. Can I tell you, you can still be or still have the anointing of God in your life and still do powerful things but allow sin to creep in? The Bible says this, the call of God is without repentance. Look what happens. But he told neither his father nor his mother what he had done. Somewhere he'd gotten away from his parents. And he finds himself in the vineyard where he shouldn't have been. And he's faced with a line. God gives him the strength to kill the line. But he comes back to his mother and his father and he tells where he's been, but he leaves out one thing. The story of the line. See, he didn't tell all the truth. He didn't lie. Well, honey, where you been at? What took you so home so long to get home from work? Oh, just a long drive. You didn't tell her the long drive was because you went by the bar on the way home. Hey, honey, where you been? Why did it take so get been at work so long tonight? Oh, I just had to work. Fell in the tail that you've been there with Sally. Not doing anything you shouldn't. But you know feelings are building up. See, a warning sign in your life that you're about to cross the line is when you start holding back the truth. Not all of it, but little bits and pieces. Oh, you didn't lie. 
but you didn't tell all the truth. And see, when that begins to happen, the devil's got you right where he wants you. I heard of a pastor years ago who had a moral failure. He was now working a secular job. When he would leave work, he would call his wife. Honey, I'm about to leave to come home. Did you need me to stop by and get you anything from the grocery store? No, honey, I'm good. Come on home. Now in that story, this is what was really happening. Because the husband had failed, he wanted to be completely honest and upfront with his wife. So every day when he leave work, really when he called to say, honey, I'm on the way home. Do you need me to stop and get anything? Here's really what he was saying. I'm leaving. If I'm not home in five or 10 minutes, then I'm probably up to something. And you should worry. That's really what he was doing. Because he had to have true and complete accountability. See, we need accountability in our life. We need accountability in our life. I don't know what warning sign's going off for you today. Maybe it's the thoughts. That's as far as it's gone. That you're having thoughts that are, well, not godly. They don't belong there. For some of you, maybe it's not the thoughts. It's you've always had someone spiritually in your life that was always there to correct you or give you advice. But lately, you've just started disconnecting from them. They're not there anymore. You don't ask their advice. You know why. Because they would not approve of what you're about to do. For some of you... You found yourself in that place of temptation. You haven't crossed the line. You haven't sinned yet. But you can only live in the land or the territory of temptation for a certain amount of time before you eventually give in. You will. And if you're holding back truth today, it's time to be fully honest. Listen, it may hurt at first. You may take everything you've got at first. But if you'll start telling the truth, all the truth, nothing but the truth, then the devil cannot use that tool against you to beat you over the head and lead you into temptation. Here's my hope, my prayer. that most of you today have not crossed the line. I've got you in time. You're close. You're in a dangerous intersection. The lights are flashing. But I am praying with everything inside of me that I got you in time today. I want you to bow your head, close your eyes. If you're here today and you've been struggling, you haven't crossed the line, but the lights are flashing and you know danger's coming if you keep on this path, 
If that's you today, nobody's looking, just you, me, and the Lord. I want to pray with you today. If that's you, I want you to raise your hand right now. Is there anybody? That the lights are flashing. Things are going on in your life that shouldn't. Thoughts. If that's you, you haven't crossed the line yet. Amen. Yes. Lord, I pray for every hand that is raised. Thank you, Lord, for them being brave today. Recognizing the warning signs. But Lord, I pray today in the mighty name of Jesus Christ that, Lord, they would heed the warning. Stop going down that path. The Lord, I pray today in Jesus' name the Lord, their thoughts would be on you. They would take themselves out of that place of temptation. The Lord, they would seek the counsel of the wise. And the Lord, today they know it's time. It's been a privilege to have you join us for this time of ministry. To find more Passion Church resources or to make a donation online, visit www.passionchurch.tv. Remember, you can't live without passion.